what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. Nice close to get the W last night in uh, obviously what was an emotionally charged game uh, for Oklahoma, for this fan base with uh, heavy hearts. Yesterday, the passing of Toby Keith. I thought a, a beautiful tribute to Toby Keith uh, from the University of Oklahoma, from President Harris, Joe Stiglione to have the guitar and the red solo cup was pretty cool and, and Toby Keith's the uh, usual spot. And then uh, the most important tribute of all, right? Oklahoma went out and found a way to win a game that, do you say they desperately needed? I mean, look, uh, the emotional swings of Big 12 play, every game feels like uh, you desperately need it. But coming off a disappointing loss over the weekend, Oklahoma with a chance to defend home court. They needed to get right last night, and uh, they found a way to get it done. Uh, Oklahoma in the second half especially was very, very good defensively. They uh, didn't let BYU, who came into this thing, feeling like uh, with the reputation that they could fill it up from the three-point line, 8 of 26, I think everybody would have signed up for that beforehand for BYU. But uh, we got a lot of basketball on the docket this morning. The uh, OU Softball Media Day obviously was earlier this week as well. Super Bowl 58 is sneaking up on us. Uh, we will start, though, with basketball here. But Josh Allen sitting in for one Mr. Chris Plank, who obviously is out to Puerto Vallarta. So not, not getting any Chris Plank today, and I don't think tomorrow – but uh, we hope to have him, I don't know, maybe, maybe on Friday. But good morning, all the same. Welcome in. It is the Plank Show right here on The Ref. Josh Elmer alongside Mr. Connor Pasby. Connor, good morning, my friend. Good morning, Josh. And, yeah, you're right, man. Last night, a great performance at the LNC. Great tribute to uh, Toby Keith with the guitar on the chair. You had the ball cap, the OU ball cap as well on the table. But, yeah, great performance. You really need it at home. We talk about how critical Big 12 games are at home, and you beat a top 25 BYU team uh, to get some rhythm back. Man, they played well in the second half. Uh, overall, just a really good night for OU. And I thought there were moments where this could have gone sideways for Oklahoma, and it did not. So that's, I think, one of the big credits from last night is Oklahoma found a way to get into the winner's column. First half, you probably wouldn't come away from the first half and uh, say even up at the break, 34 apiece, that, that it was somehow this great first half for Oklahoma. It wasn't, right? And, and really, midway through the second half, entering those final stages, you maybe let it creep in a little bit. Okay, uh, is Oklahoma going to make the plays to go win this thing tonight? And, and sure enough, obviously they did. It helps for OU when Javian McCollum comes out, knocks uh, – well, he got to the cup – First, right, got yeah. the, the layup and then knocked down a three-pointer. He didn't wind up shooting it great from the outside last night. I mean, he's two of eight when the night ended, but he, he hit the first one, right? Got off to a, a good start, which I think was pivotal for Oklahoma. And uh, when McCollum plays well, it's pretty simple. This Oklahoma team's a, a lot better bunch. How about uh, Mr. Suarez? Is he playing good basketball for this oh, team man. or what? Uh, again, man, I feel like there's like three games in a row now for Suarez where you're getting really good minutes uh, out of him. 
coming off the bench. He had 12, uh, shot three of five. Yeah, he played well, too. Uh, McCollum, Uzan, those are your two uh, really good guards, and they stepped up in a big way. I thought it was a little bit of a slow start for McCollum, but uh, he played much better in the second half when you really uh, needed him to the most. The numbers defensively actually were better than I thought in the first half. 40%. Shooting for BYU, 40.6%, which, look, that's uh, that could win you a game, right? That's not probably going to win you uh, a bunch of medals, right? You, defensively, you'd like to be a little bit better than that. BYU hit shots, though, from the outside. They were 5 of 11 from uh, beyond the arc. In the second half, okay, much different story. 31%, 31.3, if you want to be precisely precise, shooting for BYU in the second half, and just 20%. Three of 15 from uh, outside for BYU. So that was the game plan. Don't let BYU just sit there and make a bunch of shots. Don't let them uh, torch you from the outside. And Oklahoma defensively last night, uh, they did the assignment that was given to them on the scouting report. Got the scouting report. They knew that this team could fill it up, and uh, they did not let them. They especially buckled down after recess and went and found a way to win a game that this team, for the psyche of this group, you've got winnable games here on the horizon, two of them versus uh, Oklahoma State in Bedlam. One coming up, obviously, here this weekend, and then the scene uh, in a couple of weeks will shift to Stillwater. Got those two winnable ones. But, man, you look and you you got Baylor and you got Kansas and then you've got Iowa State and Texas again on the road. So this is a unrelenting schedule for you. There's not a lot of games to just, okay, hey, we've got a W on the schedule here tonight. And last night wasn't one of those. So you had to go defend home court and Oklahoma found a way to get it done. Yeah, and you look at the next two games, you just mentioned Baylor and Kansas. Josh, you have to get this one Saturday. Baylor is playing really good basketball as of late. They picked up a win against Texas Tech at home against a really good Texas Tech team. Uh, bringing Kansas at home, man, that's going to be a big one. But, yeah, you have to go 2-0 on this stretch. OSU, man, they <laughs> took a tough one yesterday against Houston. Yeah, they, they did. And, uh, obviously, the uh, game itself delivered a – Tremendous Kelvin Sampson post Get your money's uh, worth when you get ejected, and he did. <laughs> it delivered a great uh, post-game press conference moment we could <laughs> share with you in case you missed that. Uh, Kelvin Sampson, how good is he, man? He has good team after good team every single year, and this one's up with the best of them. They play really good defense, and he always has really good guard play. Can they win it all? I mean, obviously they can, right? But do you look at them as – one of the clear odds-on favorites in your mind? I think they're one of about 15 teams that can go and win a national championship, just how deep uh, college basketball is this year. But, yes, they're, they're up there. But don't you think they're sort of in that group of maybe six or so that yeah. are most likely? They are. I mean, all-around all team play really good defense. They can score the ball as well. Man, for opponents, it is just so hard to score on Houston. What about for OU? What, what is this OU team's? ceiling do you think probably we entered this year saying okay if they can get into the NCAA tournament good season right and they're tracking to do just that with the win 17 and 6 5 and 5 in big 12 play you can't the thing for Oklahoma 
you can't follow up this good performance with a stinker. That's That's been a bugaboo for OU, right? We need to see this team get on a little bit of a roll here because they've got the opportunity to do that with what obviously lies ahead here with Bedlam. You, you need to go turn this into back-to-back wins, and uh, at times in Big 12 play, Oklahoma's not really been able to do that, right? Last week, prime example, go play well. I mean, call it the ugliest contest of all time early versus Kansas State and Manhattan, but whatever, right? It winds up as a 20-point win on the road. You're going to take that every time in Big 12 play, but then you follow it up with a poor performance in Orlando. So great second half last night for Oklahoma against a good BYU team, right? Quad one win. Yeah, Follow you, it up versus Oklahoma State. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, it's a it's a really good BYU team, and you can't just lay an egg against Oklahoma State. That's a team you, you've been struggling against uh, these past few years, but this is a very bad basketball team. You should win uh, at home. And it's all about how OU plays late in the regular season and to start the Big 12 tournament. It's a team that can definitely win the first-round game. I don't know if Sweet 16 is pushing it for this Oklahoma team, but it's all about how you play late. And uh, if they can start picking up some momentum here late in the season, you feel really good about this basketball team. It would be a pretty magical run, I think, for this team to wind up in the Sweet 16. But you get into the dance, and you win one, and let's see what happens elsewhere, right? You never know if the bracket's going to break a little bit. And all of a sudden, like, let's say, for instance, Oklahoma, last bracketology projection I looked at, I, I think before the UCF trip, Oklahoma was a six seed. So, okay, they lost at UCF. They beat BYU. Let's just say they're on the six line now. And I've not looked at bracketology this morning, okay? So before you hop to the text line and say, they're a seven seed or they're five, I got you, okay? Just play the hypothetical. So you win your opening game as a six, right? All of a sudden, three seed gets upset. Well, now you got to get to the Sweet 16. Yeah, I mean, that can happen in college basketball, a three seed to get upset. And, yeah, you can definitely push for uh, Sweet 16. We just got to wait and uh, see what happens. I hate how some of these fans say that Oklahoma's not a tournament team because they are a tournament team. I know they don't play well at times, but this is the toughest conference uh, in college basketball. You're going to drop a game or two against a team that's uh, not ranked in the top 25. Yeah, right off the top, not messing around, Sooner CB. <laughs> On the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, 405-651-3439, they aren't a tournament team at all. NIT is the ceiling. This team's probably going to go to the NCAA tournament. Yes, they, they will go to the NCAA tournament. They're probably going to get 20 wins in the regular season. They've got a good chance to uh, win a game in the NCAA tournament. So what is the ceiling with this group? I would say, I mean, to me, and this is – being pretty optimistic right I would say sweet 16 would be about as deep as it would go and probably more realistically than that win a game get in the tournament win a game right because don't we think this team's probably slotting in when the regular season's over somewhere between 6 and 11 and I know that's a a wide gap right there but best case scenario maybe they're you know five six seed worst case you just kind of sneak into the dance win a game yeah, and I think if they can get to 20 wins or 21 wins, we can start talking about uh, a five seed uh, potentially. But, yeah, six and seven is probably the range right now if it played out. Well, the beautiful thing about the Big 12, and we'll hear from Porter Moser a lot this morning, you've got opportunities. That's what uh, the Big 12 does for you, right? You go and 
Things do not go according to plan in Orlando. All of a sudden, guess what? Next week rolls around, and you get BYU, and it's a quad one opportunity, and opportunity beckons again. So the key, as we've discussed here off the top, now they got to string this together. You can't not defend home court versus Oklahoma State and Bedlam. It would be a poor loss if you take it. But then beyond that, the opportunities, right? In Waco versus Baylor. Kansas, uh, you know, you get the rematch. Final game versus Kansas inside the LNC. Stillwater uh, for Oklahoma State. At Iowa State. Houston, you welcome in. You got a game versus Texas. So there is all sorts of meat and potatoes left on this schedule. Well, and you got to grab these gimmies, Josh. You still got Oklahoma State twice and Cincinnati uh, late in the season at home. If you grab those three, hey, that's a 20-win season right there. And if you, if you can grab one on the road, whether that's at Baylor or at Iowa State, then you feel a whole lot better. Well, you know, looking at the schedule ahead, oh, you just can't afford a slip up. Here versus Oklahoma State or there versus Oklahoma State. I think that they're beaten. Like, if you were to sit here and tell me, and some folks on the text line look like they would, that OU's not beating Baylor, they're not beating Kansas, they're not winning in Ames, they're not beating Houston, and they're not winning in Austin. Okay, like, that's as bad as it could go, right? Uh, I think probably they're winning one of those games, and and maybe multiple of those games. And so then you got to take care of business uh, versus Cincinnati and, and Oklahoma State. Well, anything could happen. Did you, did you expect Oklahoma to run into Manhattan and beat Kansas State, a, a place that OU's been struggling at for a long time, and then to win by 20? So that just goes to show anything can happen uh, in this conference. What would be the worst matchup for Oklahoma? And, you know, to me, I'm sort of thinking along the lines of, again, there's one Purdue nationally. But Purdue, to me, would be a nightmare matchup for Oklahoma. That type of big. But, uh, you know, as I was thinking about this, is there a defined bad matchup for this Oklahoma team? What do they struggle against, in your mind? Athletic bigs, and Houston and Baylor have some athletic bigs, uh, as well as Texas. That's your uh, last regular season game. I know Texas has been struggling. Which, Edie, by the way, uh, would not qualify as athletic big. No. My man is just big. He is just a very large human being. But, yeah, Josh, to me it's Houston, uh, Baylor, and Texas. That's your, that's the three worst matchups for me from here on out in the regular season. Well, and, and that's great because guess what? You, you've got those three matchups. <laughs> yeah. Opportunity, my friend. Let's hear from Porter Moser, who was uh, victorious last night. A bunch of response from you already. Appreciate that on the text line. Somebody wants to know about how the, the quad one, two, three victories, et cetera, work out. We'll touch on that next. We are underway. Oklahoma wins it last night. They honor the the late, great Toby Keith with the performance, 82-66, and, and it was something that – was heavy on the heart of uh, Porter Moser in Oklahoma. They wanted to honor Toby Keith last night, and they got it done. 82-66 Sooners win last night. We're underway. It's the Plank Show. You want to dial up and uh, jump right in? You can. 405-329-9000 is the Riverwind Casino jackpot line and, of course, the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. It's always open and uh, maybe the easiest way to get right to the front of the line with your comments right here on the Plank Show, 405-651-3439. Josh and Connor, we call this the Plank Show back after this. Plank Show, we are back underway here. Josh Elmer alongside Connor Pasby. 
Good morning, everyone. Hope you uh, are having a nice start to your Wednesday with us. Thanks for being with us right here on The Ref. It's the home of Sooner fans. Our number one is brought to us, as always, by the great folks at Van Hoos Fence. That is vhfence.com. Get your fencing needs taken care of by the premier fence company in Oklahoma. They offer fencing installation, fence repairs, customer satisfaction. Well, that's their top priority. Call VH Fence for a free estimate today. Uh, do you know why you should give them a call, Connor? Why is that, Josh? Because Bob Stoops said hey, so. There we go. That's the uh, that's well, that's what we like to do. Yep. In this house, that's uh, that's what we like to do. Uh, Van Hoos Fence, vhfence.com, 405-735-1167. So uh, somebody asked, hey, you know, quad one, quad two, quad three, quad four. What the heck is that? What does that mean? So basically, you've got what is. Uh, the NCAA Tournament Selection Committee, they they look at a system of rankings called the net rankings, where they rank everybody in college basketball. And to, in order to basically differentiate resumes and determine which resume is better than, say, another team's resume, and ultimately just to go through the seeding process, they have what they call a quadrant one win, a quadrant two win, a quadrant three win, and a quadrant four win. Quad one, obviously, that's the best kind of win you can get, right? Home team, right, gets a win versus anybody in the net rankings one through 30. So you win at home versus a team in the net rankings one through 30, quad one win. You win on a neutral floor, team one through 50, quad one win. You win away from uh, home on the road, team uh, in the net rankings one through 75, quad one win. Quad two, home 31 through 75 in the net rankings, neutral 51 through 100, away 76 to 135. Probably don't need to continue the process now. You probably catch the gist of it. So that's uh, that's what the quadrant one, two, three, four wins are. It's just the – basically it's just the criteria that the NCAA Tournament Selection Committee looks at in order to, again, judge these teams, evaluate them, seed them, and uh, differentiate them. We have to have a way, Connor, to say, okay, that was a great win. I have to say, quad one win, always important, we know, and it looks good on the resume. I know you got that with BYU, a top 25 team, a really good basketball team that's been playing well in their first year in uh, the Big 12 Conference. Yes, yes, it was that. We need a way, Connor, to uh, figure out, hey, this is a great win. And uh, unfortunately, at times, we also need a way to figure out, uh-oh, that was uh, not a good loss. But last night, it was a great win. Uh, BYU, by the way, number eight in the net ranking. So it was uh, far and away a quad one win for Oklahoma. Oh, you just got a chance. I-, I know that there's some out there that are pessimistic about this thing, and they look at it and say, I don't know how we're beating – Houston or Kansas or winning at Baylor or Iowa State or in Austin versus Texas. You got Houston's the top team in the net. Kansas is number 12. Iowa State's number nine. Let's see, Baylor's number 15. And where are you, Texas? Did I miss you toward the top (laughs) here somewhere? At any rate, you catch the, the gist here. There's a lot of opportunities to enhance this resume for Oklahoma and really, if uh, you just get a couple of them, you're in pretty good shape, Connor, because 
you're not going to get dinged that much for losing to these teams. This is why the the Big East way back when and the ACC, remember these conferences that would get eight teams in the tournament, right, or seven teams in the tournament, and it was, oh, my gosh, the ACC is so great and the Big East, and, well, all these teams have all these losses. Why are they getting in the dance? Well, because they're playing all these other great teams that are thought very highly of, and uh, you beat yourself up in uh, league play, but guess what? The idea is all of a sudden you get around to March Madness, and uh, maybe it's a little bit easier facing somebody that's not from the Big 12. Oklahoma, by the way, sitting in a pretty good spot, 27th right now in the net rankings. Yeah, no, they're sitting good. I think people are just upset about OU dropping big games at home because they've had some uh, golden opportunities. The recent one was uh, Texas Tech, a top 25 team uh, coming to home. But, hey, you got a few more opportunities. Uh, number four, Kansas coming into Norman. And then later on, you got Houston. So, man, those are two uh, really big big games. And for fans to uh, start to you know, come back on this team because they can play. They still have a chance to play some really good basketball uh, late in the year. Texas, by the way, all the way down at 38th in the net ranking. So that explains uh, why I couldn't find the Longhorns initially. Last night, Oklahoma again gets the win versus BYU. Big time quad one, important win for Oklahoma. They close it out using defense, 82-66 the final. Afterwards, though, uh, Porter Moser, he opened by thanking and paying tribute to a legend. Actually, I'm going to start today. I just uh, I want to just say uh, today's a tough day for Sooner Nation. We lost uh, a dear friend in Toby Keith, and uh, I heard his songs blaring in the arena. And I've been here three years and uh, became a, a, a true friend of mine and him and his family. And uh, he is everything you want to be about. Um, he's Sooner Nation. And uh, to all the his friends around the country, in the music industry, in the sports world, um, friends in all different things. Today we raise a glass to Toby Keith. And I wish there was something different than water in this glass right now because he is a true legend, a true friend to everybody. And I just want to say our guys played their hearts out for Toby Keith tonight to get this win. And I know he was looking down on us tonight. So to everyone who hears this around Sooner Nation, friends, all across the, the country, raise your glass tonight to Toby Keith. Pretty cool. Pretty cool right there. I mean, obviously, heavy hearts and not something that you want to have to be talking about, but uh, they wanted to honor Toby Keith. They did. Yeah, and very cool for Porter to show up to the presser with the Reds solo cup. And then I saw after the game uh, in the locker room, uh, all the players and all the coaching staff with the Red Solo Cup as well, uh, putting it up in the air. So, yeah, really cool tribute uh, last night for Toby Keith. And I'm sure Saturday against Oklahoma State, uh, there'll be something special again. They'll probably do something to honor him uh, once again on Saturday, as they should. Toby Rowland, by the way, in uh, the broadcast booth, I saw the tribute with the Red Solo Cup. Yeah, and I think I don't know if this is true, but there was a report out. Uh, I think it was from Toby. I saw it on Twitter. But uh, Saturday, uh, if you get a drink, the cups will be in a red solo cup. So serving only red solo cups for Bedlam. For Bedlam. Yes. Oh, dude, that is uh, that is that is pretty cool. Very cool. As far as tributes go, that is uh, that's pretty awesome. And 
what fans wanted to see, right? I saw yeah. people making those remarks on uh, social media like, hey, every drink needs to get served this way, and they're going to find a way to do it. Yeah, is, there, there, were, there were people last night at the game that had Rolls Red Solo Cups. I don't know if they brought it with them or they had it there. but is, yeah, it, they Was had, that the one game where it was allowed to, to bring maybe. that inside? <laughs> maybe. And they did have – they did have a lot of songs of Toby Keith playing uh, throughout the game. They had a stoppage of play uh, where they sang a song and everybody everybody joined along in the song. So it's very cool. Yesterday was a hard day. You know, talking about Toby on air and hearing the tributes. It uh, for somebody that I did not know personally, it it chokes you up. It chokes you up. And and Toby Keith had that effect on a lot of Oklahomans, right? It felt like felt like ours. Uh, the uh, the win itself for Oklahoma last night over BYU, how much they needed the win versus BYU, Porter Moser? We did. I think I think we're all trying to, to, to stack wins. You're trying to go on one-game win streaks in this league. And, uh, you know, you know that it's opportunity. You know, we lost a tough one. At, you know, we, we had a good road win at Kansas State. We turn around and don't play well at Central Florida. And you turn right around, and you got an opportunity to play the number seven team in the net. That's opportunity. So that's as daunting as this league is. There is opportunity. I mean, the opportunities are hard, but there is opportunity. And I think our guys knew that. They absolutely knew it. They knew it was a big win. They knew, you know, they knew they uh, had a great opportunity tonight here, um, here at home. Again, this league, this league, something goes wrong opportunity typically right around the corner and when you got a conference this good you have so many opportunities to bounce back and that's exactly what OU did that was their second top 25 win their last one didn't come till it was early in the year against USC and now USC is not a very good basketball team we've got all all sorts of audio really every piece of it from last night post game from Porter Moser one more here before we hop to a TO and then uh, get all of your text response in Porter Moser, what did he love uh, offensively? Well, one thing he loved last night was Milos using that offensive aggression. Keep shooting, baby. Absolutely. You know, just learned something about both of them. Just kept on telling them both to shoot, you know, and, and uh, it's going to fall. We took – I love it. We took 26 threes. We took as many threes as they did, and we talked about it. And uh, we talked about playing at a faster pace, and we had a great lows to Javion and a, a long – we call it a Celtic pass to, for a layup in, in, a, in a key moment last, I think, six or so minutes. But, um, you know, Lowe's missed a couple. I just – I, I loved it. One of my favorite plays is I just – we just kept on don't hesitate, shoot it. We said it the first half, and he literally came down and hit the next one. That was his first one he hit. So, um, you know, hopefully we can start. So we started off a cold again. But uh, to hit nine, we, need, we knew we needed to hit some tonight, and we did. Sure enough, 9 of 26 uh, from where I'm sitting looks better than 8 of 26. And uh, 82 looks better than 66. Big win for uh, Oklahoma last night. What else did Porter Moser have to say? What about Javian McCollum and uh, Milos Yuzan, the uh, man that Coach was talking about right there? We'll hear from them next. Plus all of your text messages. We got a bunch of uh, response from you guys. Let's, uh, Let's dive into the text line when we come back. It's the Plank Show right here on The Ref. The musical stylings of Saint Motel. Is that right? Is that who this is? That is correct. Hey, we're back. Nice song. Van Hoos Fence brings us our number one, vhfence.com. 405-735-1167. Get your fencing needs taken care of by the premier fence company in 
Oklahoma. To the text line we go. That would be the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, 405-651-3439. Sean says, just get to 20 wins. Get to 20, we're good. You feel a lot better when there's a 20 on that record column. It's sort of a basketball, basketball. Uh, you know, regular season. Prior to the conference tournaments, that's kind of a magic number a lot of times in college basketball. Here's one from the 405, Josh. I think you can agree on this, too. It says, Purdue, UConn, Tennessee, North Carolina are teams OU need to avoid in round two of the NCAA tournament, which OU already saw one of them uh, in North Carolina early on in the season in Charlotte, and that showed that that was not a good matchup for OU with uh, Baycott uh, in the middle, a guy with uh, a lot of size, very athletic, big, and he gave OU problems. I do like the fact you've lost to them, though. Yeah. The, you know, the rematch thing, uh, If given the choice out of any of those, I think that would be who I'd pick just because of that. But, uh, yeah, no, that's a, a good collection of teams. I mean, basically you picked uh, four of the best teams in America, <laughs> and yeah. I agree, yes, probably not ideal for Oklahoma to have to match up with those. And, again, the, the length, right, the athleticism yeah. inside. Yeah, and Tennessee, a team that it's similar to Houston. It is really hard to score on Tennessee, what they do defensively, and they're very athletic as well. Uh, Purdue, Zach Eady, if OU got matched up with Purdue, I'm not really sure how OU would guard defensively on Eady. He would double-team him. Uh, force him to kick it out, but Purdue has some three-point shooters uh, in the starting lineup as well. I feel we've done uh, good work so far today. We have uh, informed about what Quadrant 1, Quadrant 2 wins are, so that was positive. We had a couple of people on the text line that uh, didn't know what exactly that meant. And then uh, I think we've been accurate here. People agree with us. Vinny Paul says, length, that's what this team struggles with. They do. I mean, they do. With length and athleticism, uh, great guard play, OU can struggle against that. Sam Godwin uh, feels like when he faces an athletic big uh, guy that can really get off the floor and uh, grab offensive rebounds, uh, he can he can struggle with that, similar with Hoogley as well when he's in there. Let's see here. Out of the 405, if they can stay off the 7, 8, 9, or 10 line, they have a great chance to make the Sweet 16. What do you think about that? Say if what? If if OU stays off the seven, eight, nine, or ten line, they have a great chance to make the Sweet 16. So basically, yeah. what you're saying there is avoid the one or two seeds. Yeah, you feel a lot better if you're a six, and you do not want to get an eight or nine. Uh, have that eight nine matchup, turn around and face the number one seed in the second round. Yeah, you you, you don't want to you don't want to do that. The seven ten eight nine games too. I mean, basically it's a coin flip, right? That uh, you're you're playing in those games. It you know ten can beat a seven any day. Nine can beat eight, vice versa. I don't know uh, what the breakdown looks like on those games. How close they are to fifty percent. But, uh, I mean, I would imagine 8-9 basically is well, 50%. Oh, you had that a few years back with Austin Reeves where they face was it Missouri in the first round and then you get Gonzaga uh, the next game. It's just brutal. Yeah. Just, just brutal having to face those guys that quick. Uh, John Rothstein, where are you when I need you? I mean, what are the percentages here, 7-10 line versus 8-9? Uh, How much more likely are we to uh, win a game? Uh, what would be better from uh, Jeff from OKC? Go to the NCAA one and done or win one or miss the tournament, go and win the NIT. 
I think the NCAA uh, was always curious for a not great team, what would be better for building the future. I've always been, and this is the should they go to the college football playoff if we don't have a chance debate. We do this debate in different sports. National Football League, right? Okay, so who – Packers are probably not a good example here because guess what? They won a couple of games and and look like maybe a a team on the definite rise now. But like the Steelers, okay? The Steelers were never going to win the Super Bowl. But would you have rather gone to the the playoffs – or missed it entirely. I think you'd rather go to the playoffs, yeah. right? Uh, for for folks on that roster to get them that opportunity to go play uh, in the playoffs, and for O for OU basketball, OU th- this team, uh, we'll hear from it. They want to make the NCAA tournament, yeah. Connor. There's a number of guys on this group that they've not gone to the dance. That's that's the goal is to get into March Madness. And so, uh, what do you want to do? Look, I I want to go to the NCAA tournament and lose uh, the game versus going to the NIT and winning it. Yeah, I'm sorry. I think that's stupid. I mean, when you're in the off season, when you're getting ready for the season, uh, your one goal on mind is to get to the NCAA tournament. And if you don't, and if you and you go to the NIT, uh, that's a fail uh, in my part. You should be in the NCAA tournament every year, right? And with the understanding that it ain't gonna play out that way. But uh, that's the goal. That that is. Goal number one is get to the uh, NCAA tournament. I would I would put that above, uh, and probably coaches would disagree, right? Uh, coaches would probably say, well, you know, win the, the Big 12. There's other goals they'd probably have in front of it. But to me, in terms of a college basketball program, first thing we're getting judged on is did we get to the tournament or not? Yeah, that is. I mean, I mean, you, you don't want to go to the NIT, but if you do, yeah, it would be pretty cool to make a run in the NIT and win it. But your one goal on mind is to get to the NCAA tournament, and you don't worry about uh, getting bounced in the first round. I mean, every team, you, you try to get to the NCAA tournament. And if OU does, and we talked about that early in the season, Porter Moser, uh, he needs to get this team to the NCAA tournament uh, to feel safe about his job, and OU's in a good spot right now. I, I believe this is a softball text, Connor, uh, f- out of the 405. Hey, March Madness is next month. Tomorrow, a historic sports team starts their new season. What teams are they playing and when? Who's playing what position? Yeah, OU softball. I mean, we're back. We're getting very close, and it starts this week. I feel like that was a, a fairly kind way of saying, <laughs> hey, enough of this basketball nonsense. We would like a little softball coverage, which, hey, by the way, we've got all sorts of uh, Patty Gasso to share with you around the corner. Softball Steve uh, texts in and says, BYU had two of the best three-point shooters. OU held them in check, but they let the Horns' best three-point shooter beat them. Couldn't stop him. Hmm. What's up with that, boys? Well, they played better last night is number one. Yeah, in the second half, they made so many adjustments uh, defensively. Uh, Dallin Hall or Dalen Hall for BYU, that's their three-point shooter. and He got hot there uh, in the first half, but it felt like they uh, guarded him much better in that second half. But, yeah, BYU has three-point shooters uh, all over the place. They live and die by the three. Brazilian Sooner. Didn't get to listen yesterday, but just want to tell all you guys, appreciate listening to you when I can. So much to life, so much more to life than sports, and we will all miss Toby Keith. Love that we could win for Sooner Nation yesterday. Absolutely. Love that, yeah. Oh, you had to win that game, man. It was it was just meant to be for Toby Keith. Yeah, just a very great night for 
really everybody involved, coaching staff, players, uh, fans who were there at the game. They got a great moment, a great tribute for Toby Keith before the game. And, hey, yeah, you cap it off with an OU dub, top 25 win uh, at home. Just to pay off the uh, the tease here, right? Milos Yuzan and JV and McCollum. We said we'd hear from this segment. Let's at least let's at least play one clip. Uh, what this win, what this response meant for uh, Oklahoma to to get this thing versus BYU last night. Yeah, I mean, um, we knew coming into this game, it was a, a this is a big a big game. Um, it's a quad one game, um, so I feel like uh, just all week focusing on the game plan um basically having our backs against the wall we needed this so i mean i think uh playing more aggressive as well knowing what type of covers they were in um it was key for the win had to get it found a way to get it big oklahoma basketball dub last night let's hear again from uh yuzan in well extended detail and then jv and mccollum who had what was an important performance last night and hopefully for the remainder of this thing for Oklahoma, uh, breaking news here, OU's better when Javian McCollum scores the basketball, and uh, he was able to do that effectively last night. Take a T.O., and we'll come back, uh, play a little bit more basketball audio for you, and then uh, put a bow tie on hour number one. It's the Plank Show right here on The Ref. Back with you closing up hour number one. It is the Plank Show. Right here on The Rep, we call this the home of Sooner fans. Morning, everybody. Josh Elmer alongside Connor Pasby. Great to be with you on this Wednesday. Hope you're having a great Wednesday so far as well. Van Hoos Fence, they bring us our number one, vhfence.com, 405-735-1167. Get your fencing needs taken care of by the premier fence company in Oklahoma. All right, let's see here. Last night, Javian McCollum. Well, uh, he scored some buckets, Connor, and uh, that was important for OU. Milos Yuzan, how much better is Oklahoma when JVN, well, scores the basketball? I mean, shoot, it spaces the floor out a lot. Um, regardless, though, teams got to guard him. They have to be a touch away from him. He shoots the ball at a high level. So even when his presence is on the floor, it, it's helping regardless how good of a player he is. So, But uh, it helps quite a bit when uh, he's, he's scoring. And, uh, well, finishing 5 of 11 from the floor, knocked down a couple of trays, eight, a perfect 8-for-8 eight eight from the foul line. The uh, charity stripe has been a problem for Oklahoma. Last night, they were great for the most part at the foul line, 23 of 29 from the uh, free throw line, which uh, probably you're going to sign up for most nights, right? Yeah, that's what stood out, the free throw shooting for OU last night. Javian McCollum, again, that's your best free throw shooter, 8-for-8. And uh, the offense is really around McCollum and Uzan when those two get going. uh, Both of them were in double figures. Uh, McCollum, yeah, finished up with 20 to lead the way for OU. So great sign for uh, them two to be really aggressive on the offensive end. Javian McCollum, how important was it to see a couple of shots go down early? I mean, yeah, you you always want to see one go in, but I, I believe, like, they were in that drop cover, so it was easy to get downhill. I mean, that was the game plan. Like Lo said, we followed the game plan and got to our floaters and sprayed the ball to our teammates, and it worked out. But uh, even JV and McCollum would uh, admit that the last couple of weeks have probably been a little bit trying, and yet uh, he trusted it was it was going to work out like last night. 
I mean, my teammates have kept me positive, even though my shot hasn't been falling the way I want it to fall. Um, my teammates are here uplifting me, keeping me high spirits, and I mean, I'm really not worried about that. I know it's eventually going to fall. I'm always in the gym, so at the end of the day, the big goal is to, to win, get big wins, get these quad one wins out the way, and get to the tournament like Lowe said. There you go. That, that's the goal, baby. Get into the dance. The... Uh... Bedlam game coming up next, and I think this will make people happy to hear from Milos Yuzan that, uh, look, they're, they're ready for, uh, for Bedlam. They're excited for Bedlam. He afterwards basically said, yeah, we know that uh, we lost each of those versus Oklahoma State last year and uh, not messing around. Not messing around uh, going forward with Bedlam on the horizon. So, Oklahoma, big win last night. That's important for, obviously, their NCAA tournament case. They needed uh, a quad one win and needed to avoid back-to-back losses. They found a way to find the 82-66 dub last night. We got so much Patty Gasso audio to uh, share with you next. Let's do that right here. It's the Plank Show on The Wrap.